Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 259 of Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the kooky creatrix behind Kick-Ass Witch, Putting the K in Magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back on Blog Talk Radio, where you will also find a link, and I encourage you to go find this link to today's very special, oh-so-magical guest, Abiola. Abiola Abrams. Yay! Welcome to the show. <laughs> Woohoo! Yay! I'm so excited to be here in your lair. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And I have to talk about your name because I feel like it's so you. <laughs> it's so you. It has... <laughs> It has its, I don't know how you could say Abiola and not feel happy. Like it has such an energy to it. Were you, were you born with that name or is it self-chosen? I was born with that name and it's funny because um, the when you said, um, I don't know how you could say that name and not be happy, the, the snide voice in my head, we all have like that inner bully voice that, yeah, you should meet our parents. <laughs> Well, I guess it depends on your middle name, like Abiola Jane. Abiola Wendy. So, yeah, with Wendy, it's a happy name, too. So, you know, luckily I was a pretty uh, good kid for most most of the time. Um, But I say that, but it's, it's funny, it's interesting. It is my given name, but I also chose my name, I think, because... For a long time when I was growing up, I just wanted to blend in and I didn't want a weird name. I didn't want weird foreign parents. I didn't want to be a weird foreign kid. I happen to be the daughter of immigrants, the first person in my family born in America. And like all kids, I just wanted to fit in. And so I was like, okay, so I insisted that everyone call me the very bland Abby Abrams, um, because then I thought, you know, somehow then I would be more acceptable, you know, I wouldn't be so weird or whatever it is. And it wasn't until I went to college and actually within my first weekend at college and I had a an amazing teacher, shout out to Miss Chikwenye Ogunyemi of Nigeria, amazing teacher who was also my freshman advisor who you know my name happens to be from her country of Nigeria and she basically was like you know why are you having people call you out of your name when you were given such a powerful name and it just kind of just reoriented and rearranged my ideas about my name and who I was and everything like within that moment. And I have been um, by the name my parents gave me, Abiola Abrams, ever since. Isn't it magical when you embrace your weird? I love to say weird must stay. Yeah! Weird must stay. Weird must stay. It's really... Weird must stay. Yes! Your weirdness... Yes, a zillion percent, a zillion percent. Yeah, it's what makes you special. It's your special sauce. So, yeah, and you've got a lot of special sauce. (laughs) Well, thank you, goddess. Thank you, thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) And goddess. Goddess is really interesting to me, too, because the first way I related to the word goddess was as the goddess... Like, I am a goddess, the goddess in every woman. And it took me a long time to connect with ideas of, like, mythical goddesses because being a magical person, a lot of my friends worked with goddess energy, and I it just felt kind of silly to me because it was mm-hmm. foreign. It was foreign. So uh, it's interesting to me that in your videos – and you also have a podcast, which I did not know, and we'll tell everybody about that too. But in your videos, you refer to women as goddesses. Like you'll say, you know, Goddess Abiola or yes. Goddess Joanna. <laughs> I love that. 
Yes, absolutely. And it's interesting because I've had both relationships with the word, you know, the relationship around as a woman's empowerment relationship. And then also in terms of the goddesses and the deities. And I see them, you know, kind of as one in the same. But it is in it is an interesting thing. I just I've been literally doing goddess work since I graduated from college in the 90s, you know, in the late 90s to um, to now in different forms, you know, one way or another. And I literally just this past week gave my first talk, um, public talk on the goddess mythologies, because for me, like it, it has been more I, I don't know it's been an interesting mix but I just hadn't given any speeches specifically about the mythologies the myths the the mythical goddesses even though I happen to be the creator of the African goddess affirmation cards yeah. and the fertility goddess affirmation cards but I hadn't given any public talks except for me and my YouTube and my podcast peeps hanging out so this was a really cool experience and so what I did was that I created Joanne goddess joanne i created this like beautiful like archetypal system linking you know the different african goddess archetypes and you know our own things that we needed to overcome to be the goddesses that we were born to be and it was really it was really awesome our our sisters in london really enjoyed it so that was pretty cool yeah that was at the college of psychic studies am i right Yes, you are. It was amazing. And the cool thing was that I made sure to put in, you know, had them put in their all of their promotional materials that any gender, you know, everybody was welcome because I didn't know if, you know, men would see, oh, goddesses, that's not for me. And so it was really cool because usually I, I talked only to women um, for the most part, but I had some enlightened men in my audiences and my workshops, and that was pretty phenomenal. Yeah, a lot of enlightened men listen to this, so um, they're listening to you. Hey, now. men! <laughs> hey, how you doing? Hey. <laughs> um, also, can I get you to like back off your mic just a little bit because it's popping and feeding back and um ah. i want people to be able to fully hear everything you have to say and we should also backtrack to like tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do because you do so much you do so much the tagline on your uh, website says i help big vision goddesses stop playing small and start answering their spiritpreneur calling which by the way for those of you who are like ooh spiritpreneur i think i'm going to start a spiritpreneur business that's trademarked <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes but you are absolutely welcome to come over and be a part of my tribe so what i do who i be in this world is that i am a well, first, I'm a I'm a daughter. I'm a future mom. I am a sister, and I am a friend. Um, but in the professional realm of things, I am a coach. I am a speaker. I am an author, and I am a spiritpreneur myself. And the beautiful thing is that as a spiritual teacher who works to help women to stop playing small, to get out of our our way basically get out of your own way and help you to step into your power step into your greatness that a lot of other women like me like goddess joanne started coming to me and saying i want to learn how to do what you're doing and so then that's how my spiritpreneur movement was born because a lot of us you know there are people who are like you know have always wanted to have a business just a business didn't matter what the business is you know so the designation is that i always make is for example, my uncle who is, because people say, well, why does it have to be a spiritpreneur? Or, you know, there are mompreneurs and creativepreneurs and this, that, and the other. And some people are <laughs> strangely very annoyed by that fact and say, well, why can't we all just be entrepreneurs? And it's because, you know, we have different needs, you know, and entrepreneur basically solves the problems of a group. So that we have in common. But my uncle, my amazing uncle, who is an exterminator, wouldn't say that he's doing his heart's work 
although he has an amazing business and it takes care of him and takes care of his family and is able to support his life, but it's not like his heart's calling. So that is the only like the the key difference or key designation um, there. And so what I say is that we take self-love to self-launch, you know, so all of, you know, the love and worth and the things that, yeah, we take that and, and launch it onto, you know, your your platform, your stage. And so the really cool thing, Goddess Joanna, I feel like to me that this is our modern, like in this moment, to me, this is our feminist movement. This is our civil rights movement. The idea that, you know, I could be sitting on my sofa or you could be, you know, sitting in your bed or your sofa or your garden or wherever. And we could be having a conversation across time and space and having the energy exchange where you're able to make money and support yourself and live well and live anywhere in the world. Like, that's awesome. That's freaking phenomenal. It's amazing. (laughs) And what you said about this is our civil rights movement, that totally made my stomach flip-flop and gave me chills because I think about that and all the voices there are so many intelligent powerful inspiring people online that we would never would have known about before because there was such yeah. a there was such a hierarchy to television radio being, yes. being an author and now people just show up and they share And I have to say, this is something actually that I really wanted to talk to you about. It makes me a little bit uncomfortable. I mentioned it. um, I interviewed Paige, the fat feminist witch, not too long ago. And she she embraces the word fat. And I was saying it makes me feel so uncomfortable to say it. You know, I don't own it. I don't feel right saying it. And last year... I was just on fire about black girl magic, the black girl magic hashtag, right? And yes. I'm a cliche. I mean, I grew up on Oprah. I love her so <laughs> much. But um, I, too, am a member of the Church of Oprah. Right? Okay. So, but I remember being a young, a young girl. We did not have hardly, there were hardly any black boys or girls at our school until we got to high school. And then there still wasn't many. But I was a little bit afraid and intimidated by them because they had a different kind of energy. They had like a sassiness and a power that I wasn't used to. And I didn't, I don't know, there's something about it that intimidated me. Now, flash forward to many years later, I'm in my 40s now, (laughs) and I just still feel a kind of like awe and wonder around black women in particular. Not all, obviously, but certain black women. Right, right. Um, that I would give the hashtag black girl magic and I don't I don't know how to talk about it as like a skinny blonde white girl from California (laughs) it's very intimidating to me but I saw that you you read a column for essence magazine and yes so there's a whole I could just ramble on about this forever but um do you believe there's a special black girl (laughs) magic and where does that come from (laughs) what is that I, first of all, I want to shout you out, my sister, for, you know, feeling nervous and uncomfortable about wanting to talk about something, but having the, you know, having the ovaries to be like, hey, I, you know, I feel a little uncomfortable about this, but I think it's amazing. And let's talk about it because I think that that's where everything starts in terms of us bridging gaps and building communities and, you know, like people not being afraid to talk about stuff, you know, mm-hmm. when we were growing up, I remember like one of the jokes that we had I was one of we used to call ourselves just so you know the black kids in your school they call them the, themselves the lonely only that's what Aww. I used to we used to call ourselves Aww. yeah yeah so in my grade you know there were two other I went to all girls school two other black girls you know and it was just the three of us um and it was very interesting because we used to laugh because you know in the era of politically correctness, political correctness, and, you know, people not wanting to say the wrong thing, rightfully, people didn't want to offend, but then a lot of conversation didn't happen. So we were, we would laugh because, you know, for example, if someone was trying to describe, you know, me, and they'd be like, yeah, no, the girl who was just here, and you'd be like, well, who? Well, the tall girl, who? Well, the one in the blue shirt, you know, like, they wouldn't want to say, like, the black girl, because we weren't supposed to notice color, like, we thought, like, at the time, like, the training, the dominant thought was that in order to be um, a conscious human being, a conscious individual, you had to be blind to color or blind to difference, 
And I think that the beautiful thing is that, you know, for the most part that we are evolving to be able to have these conversations and say, no, I don't want you to be blind to the things that, that are unique about me. I don't want to be blind to you and your amazing, you know, blonde hair and kooky personality. I don't want you to be blind to, you know, the things about me, me being a black girl with big bushy hair and being from New York and I talk fast and I'm a daughter of a Like, that's all amazing. And so I just, first of all, just want to just acknowledge you for being, you know, my homegirl in being open and honest enough to be like, hey, I don't know how to bridge this, but girl, let's talk about it. So yes, yay for let, that. Let's do that. Let's do that. So do you think, do you think that's, that's that power that I feel? Um, yeah. Shout out to Maxine Waters, by the way. But the, the power shout I feel. Shout out to Maxine Waters. Do you think that that comes from some kind of like cultural oppression? Because I remember growing up and uh, a friend of mine just shared with me that she thought it was so cute. Her daughter went through Vogue and marked all the images that looked like her. And my mind immediately bent back to when I was a kid growing up with Vogue and like – I. You know, there was Naomi Campbell. <laughs> that was yep. about it. That was it. Before, yep. that, before that, there was Iman and Beverly Johnson, but they were a little before my time. So it was just really right. Naomi Campbell. And um, it's been really exciting to watch the industry change. But I remember, like, when Essence magazine was, like, that was the the magazine for black people, mm-hmm. you know, and it was kind mm-hmm. of mis- mysterious. I don't think I ever bought a copy. <laughs> um, so it must, be, it, it must be exciting to write for them now, but it must be equally exciting that little black girls everywhere can pick up a copy of Vogue and mark the pages that look like them because they're in there now. I love that you told... Right. But listen to this. This is so interesting, Goddess Joanna. I love this conversation so much already because one of the experiences that I had in middle school, I remember very clearly, maybe around eighth grade or so, you know, like we could suggest different speakers and Black History Month. It was like, yay, like that's our time to like shine, like be able to suggest speakers, that sort of thing. And my dad is a journalist. So one of his very close friends wrote for Essence Magazine. Her name is Audrey Edwards. She's amazing. Um, Um, And she was a writer for Essence um, back in the days when I was growing up. And Essence, of course, was a staple in my house. My mom had Essence. And I remember feeling so proud when, you know, I invited her to come and speak at the school. And she was there, like, talking at the school. And then I remember that one of the students in our class who was wanting to it's very interesting actually I'm just remembering I said that there were three black girls but there were actually four one girl um, who was biracial and I remember her saying to me afterward because she felt very uncomfortable with any discussions of race because she had been in the school since kindergarten and then you know um, two of us black girls came in in like seventh grade and then suddenly like four black girls like it felt like a lot to people who were had (laughs) not seen any um and so it had you know we all had our our various issues and and comfort levels with with dealing with that at the time and I remember her saying you know she was like well well, but even as a young black girl you know she had her issues with self-hatred a biracial girl and her saying you know but why is there an essence magazine you know there there are people in in you know we we there there are I, I do see black girls in these magazines and I remember we were leaving school and we walked by a newsstand in New York City in Manhattan on the Upper East Side and we just stopped randomly at a newsstand and I picked up a copy of Vogue which I loved and subscribed to and had Vogue in my house and you know um, Sassy Magazine and all of that back then and we looked through it and looked through it and looked through it and looked through it and I remember I was like we're like halfway through and I haven't seen anyone who looks like us in you know ads or anything then we picked up a glamour and it was the same thing and then we finally got to this glamour you know glamour had like a little section um with like um a few different women of color and I said I can't wait like every other month or for a couple of pages here and there to tell me about my hair and tell me about my beauty and tell me about my skin like that's not acceptable I'm sure I didn't say it so eloquently you know probably you know at 13 or whatever but you know, it wasn't, you know, and I I still find that to be, you know, the, 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 the feeling that I have. And so it is magical for me, Goddess Joanna. It is very magical, you know, that 
to be a part of Essence magazine and to be a part of that brand, um, you know, that I grew up reading, my mom read, you know, my aunts read and seeing myself reflected in a way that did not exist anywhere else in the culture at all. Yes, and I know it's there's not a you know a ton of equality there happening right now, but I definitely I'm old enough to see the there's pro- more to yeah the to see the growth and right. I, I think it's good for everybody. It expands all of our ideas of what beauty is, and yes, um, and that's healthy for everybody to see and to it's just I think it's raising and elevating the idea of beauty for us all. I think so, too. I think so, too. And to answer your other question about, you know, whether the the concept of black girl magic comes from oppression, I think that it definitely a part of it does come from oppression. But I also think that a part of it comes from a joy that happened, a joy despite a joy in spite of. And because I think that it's important that women of color and, you know, just like I I feel like just women in general don't need to just define themselves in terms of being not men, that it's the same thing with women of color that we can't define ourselves just by being, by our oppression. You know, it's also the beauty of, that's why it was important for me to create the African Goddess Affirmation Card deck, um, which, you know, women of all cultures buy because I I I had affirmation cards before I had driver's license, you know, like it's a part of my life. But I and again, like I it's cool that, you know, now every now and then, you know, there are a few cards in a deck that look like me. But, you know, I wanted to see a deck with goddesses with hair like mine and skin like mine. And, you know, and a lot of other people did, too. And so that diversity, like you said, is incredible for all of us. But I think that, you know, one thing I just want to point out briefly, I think that the idea of strong black womanhood, you know, black black girl magic is also born out of the idea that it's important for black women, women of color to to claim, reclaim, claim our humanity because, you know, there is an idea that a lot of people, you know, in my age group, um, people who are, you know, in their 20s um, grew up with that there, you know, that there's a strong black woman. And it's actually an idea that is, you know, as old as probably our experience, um, well, I, at least for the past 100 years, 150 years, right? All of the things having overcome oppression and that we keep on keeping going and hold things together and make things happen and, t- you know, all of that stuff. And that strong black womanhood idea, which on the surface seems like such a positive thing, has a double-edged sword where it allows us to deny our humanity and think that we're not allowed to be sad. We're not allowed to be soft. We're not allowed to be vulnerable. We're not allowed to be human. And that by itself is very damaging, especially, you know, today at the time we record this is World Mental Health Day, for example. You know, our human range is that of any other human being on this planet. Yes, that's an an amazing point. Um, And when I was thinking cultural uh, oppression I was thinking all the way back to Africa I was thinking about the joy and the soulfulness that came out against the oppression and gave us things like soul food or the amazing Mm -hmm. amazing music that came out it was like when you strip everything, wait, we're talking generations and generations and generations back. Yes. Ancestors. When you strip away someone's physical power, their power in the material world, the survivors, maybe not all of them, but the survivors, it seems like you can't take away the joy in their soul. And, and all they have to give at that point, they don't have money to give. They don't even have like real, mm-hmm. uh, like freedom in the material world, you can give them soul freedom. You can give them the freedom of love. You can give them food that comes from that place, even if it's just scraps, mm-hmm. scraps, you know, mm-hmm. from someone else's mm-hmm. kitchen. And so I just thought maybe that's that's an inheritance that, that we're still seeing today that's just passed down and passed down and passed down. 
I think there definitely is the cultural inheritance of, you know, we call it trying to make, you know, know how to make a dollar out of 15 cents, <laughs> you know, and I think that that is definitely, you know, a cultural inheritance. Um, I think that also, you know, the the incredible thing is for us as women, you know, when a girl child is born, she holds in her womb, you know, all of the eggs that she will make in a lifetime. And so my great, great grandmother, you know, my mother's grandmother, um, who was born in 1879, whose parents were most likely slaves, um, you know, that there was a kernel of me in their bodies. And so there was, you know, I, while they were experiencing, you know, the things that they were experiencing, I was a part of their DNA already. I was a part of their body already. And so, you know, I think that there definitely, you know, is something that for, that is important to claim and acknowledge and to celebrate I think that that is very, very important. I was having a conversation with one of my coaching clients who is Jewish and, you know, a witch and trying to figure out where, you know, what what that meant and, you know, what being a witch meant in terms of the way that she wanted to do it. And I and I said to her, I said, you get to you get to play it your way. Like you get to be you. And you know, and, and she was nervous, you know, that okay, well, if I scream my Jewishness from the rooftops, you know, is that gonna turn some people off? And I said, Yeah, but those aren't your those aren't the kind of people you wanna be around anyway. Yes. The folks that are going to be turned off by her Jewishness or my blackness or, you know, your, you know, Joanna-ness. Like, those are not the people. Those aren't our people. No. It goes back to weird must stay. And also, if you don't stand on the rooftop screaming your Jewishness because you're afraid of the people that will be upset by it, you're depriving the people who are going to be thrilled and excited and relieved and gravitate toward it because they've yes. been waiting for somebody to do that. Yes. And you give them yes. permission to do it for themselves. And all of a you sudden give they... them permission. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You brought up something, uh, slightly changing the subject, but it's an interesting one. Um, I don't know what I believe about this, but do you believe that in healing your life, that you're healing your ancestors on some level? I know some people I, do. I, it's an interesting subject. <laughs> it is an interesting subject. I, I, I'm going to start with, there's a, a, a line from one of Dr. Maya Angelou's poems that I think is just so amazing. She says, I am the hope and the dream of the slave. And that line, like even saying it right now, like it, it literally brings tears to my eyes, like the idea that, you know, I, I like that someone, you know, uh, you know, it, it's, it's interesting to say, OK, well, one day someone dreamed that, you know, that I could be me, you know, some several generations ago. But wow, that we could be living a bigger life than our ancestors maybe even dared to dream, you know, so. You know, there was someone who was related to me who was brought to South America, Guyana, where my parents are from, and Barbados, where, you know, some of my roots are also from. There were people who were bought, brought in the bottom of a slave ship to those countries who were eventually my ancestors. Um, and I do believe I the way that I say it when I'm when I'm you know, working with my, my tribe, you know, which is what I call, you know, the, the amazing women that I'm, I'm honored to work with. I feel like we evolve our bloodlines, we add on to our bloodlines. So in a way, yeah, I, I, I think that we do heal, you know, we heal the experiences of our, of our families, of our ancestors. Yeah, yeah, I like I, I, I'm trying on those words and that thought, and it feels right to me. It's, it's a, yeah, I do think that. Yeah, it's a good thought, that's for sure. It definitely feels good. Yeah. To think that that could be happening. Um, and now what you do. It does feel good. Yeah, and now what you do. Your website, isn't it called Will Manifesting? 
Am I getting that right? Woman. Yes. Woman yes. So my, my audience loves to talk manifestation. I generally just. Oh, I baby. I talk, I talk a lot of law of attraction, uh, but generally I just call manifesting law of attraction magic because that's what I believe it is. And um, yes, the theme here this month is actually it's my tagline for my business. I just wanted to dive deeper into it and get some other takes on it. But it's creating the kick-ass life of your dreams. And it seems that that is what you are helping other people do, right? That's so totally it. That is it. it, it that's exactly it. That is exactly it. That My motto is become the woman you were born to be. And that's exactly it. That, you know, the cool thing is that you get to live your life your way, you know, that no matter what your experience is, there's someone, you know, who fought for you to be you. There's someone who at some point fought for you to have the right to be you. And there's someone else that is in need of what you have. Like I say all the time, your birth certificate is the proof that we need what you have. Mm. And so, you know, I love talking about manifesting and co-creating our world. And oh, my goodness, it is so exciting and it's so fun. You know, manifestation is fun once you realize, oh, okay, I just have to match the frequency of what I'm calling in. And so it can range from a simple thing like I was just when I was flying back from London, um, really funny story. But this woman had like got on the the plane who had this awful like BO like well-dressed woman had this horrible like body odor and I when we were on the tram coming over like I had noticed it um, from New York so I switched uh, train cars um the, the train the train that goes from you know the airport to your your um your where you're getting on the plane and so I switched train cars and and you know then I saw her getting off like I say if my boarding gate was like a 34 or whatever like I saw her getting off there and I'm like oh no you know and she like was getting on the same plane she's sitting in the same I'm like oh no and then like I get on the plane I sit down and then see her coming toward me I'm like oh my goodness and so she is like sitting next Next to me and you know I have a very sensitive stomach a very sensitive like you know disposition I'm like oh my god and I and there's like a bright countdown on the front of my um seat that says seven hours and however many minutes <laughs> and I'm like oh my god like in my head like I'm eternally like internally first freaking out like oh my god I go to the flight attendant you know this male flight attendant and I'm like you know whispering to him because of course I don't want to shame her I don't want to embarrass her I don't want to you know make any waves I just want to just go home you know in, in a nice like comfortably comfortable environment and I'm like I know that the you know I know that the um the 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 plane is full but if there's any way or any other seat and he's like nope like basically that's it and I sat down and I said, someone is going to offer me to move their seat. And I just said that to myself. And I was like, there's no way that I'm going to ride back for seven and a half hours to New York. I was like, I just am just going to get into a state of absolute knowing. And I just held a vision of myself having a comfortable, you know, enjoyable ride back home. And so, you know, this guy in front of me, I see him talking across the aisle to his sister. And I'm like, oh, does your sister want to sit here? Because we can totally switch seats. I'm sitting behind him. And he's like, he asks his sister and sister's like, no. And I'm like, oh, this is just like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm here. I'm like, oh, gosh. So I'm just sitting there. They're like, you know, turn off your cell phones, put away everything. You know, like we're getting ready to taxi off. And I just I was like, nope. It's just I'm going to be moving seats. Let me just I, and I was holding my 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 bag like under my blanket in my hand because I was like, oh, well, no, I'm moving seats. So I'm not going to tuck my bag under here. I'm moving seats. And then here come these two girls and they're like, you know, hey, I'm supposed to be sitting, you know, on the other side of you. And my friend is sitting back there. Can we can want can you switch seats so that you can sit back? And I was like, yes. <laughs>
matching your frequency to what you intend to manifest? <laughs> like, how did you do that? <laughs> well, it's interesting that you use the words mind movie because that was that's a big part of it that we, you know, we process our lives in pictures, you know. So even when we think about things that are horrific, you know, that we remember from the past, we and you ask someone to remember something, they will look up because they're accessing the picture, the, the photo of the memory. So we can also create in that same way by creating new pictures in our mind. And our brain has no idea whether it happened or didn't happen, right? But everything is vibrational. Everything is energy. That's why we can sense someone who has is in the room staring at us or whatever it is, because it's all energy. And so, you know, there is an energetic vibration to sitting in a seat that's going to make you uncomfortable for the plane ride. And there's an energetic vibration to sitting comfortably and going home. And so I just had a picture in my head of me like just sitting and basking and, you know, like literally created a very vivid picture of like me, like having just this beautiful ride home. And the funny thing was that when I got up and went to the seat where the girl was sitting, she had Wonder Woman already had been queued up on her screen, which I hadn't had a chance to see because I've been traveling. And it was, you know, of course, like Wonder Woman, like, hey, we're goddesses, that's our thing. And it was in between these two women, like, you know, who were like in their late 30s, who were like women I would hang out with. And it was just so perfectly, it was energetic. It was the energy energy that I had aligned myself with the frequency, you know, so think about like, okay, the frequency of sitting next to someone with, a, you know, a body smell that makes you uncomfortable. That's a different energy than, oh, I'm gonna sit and go home in peace and be happy. Watching and so Wonder pictures, <laughs> watching Wonder Woman, which was awesome. <laughs> which was awesome. And so creating that picture in my mind and putting myself in the picture was part of it. Like I created the picture and then saw myself sitting there. And then I switched to seeing it from me in the picture and looking outward and smiling and feeling good in my seat and feeling good in my body. You know, our feelings, you know, our emotions have are, are a big part of the the pie when it comes to you know how do you manifest and how do you create our emotions let us know or the way uh, sorry our feelings let us know whether we are vibrationally attuned to the frequency that we want to be in Absolutely. and so right and so it was like, okay, let me get into the feeling of feeling good. Although, you know, my first instinct when she came and I was like, oh man, was like, oh, like this sucks. You know, it was like, okay, I've got to get out of that energy because that's the energy that I'm going to sit here and it's going to suck or putting my, my bag under the seat. Nope, no need to do that. You know, yes. <laughs> that's the energy of saying, here's where I'm going to be. And it's like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I know where I'm going to be. I'm, I'm sitting somewhere where I'm comfortable and I'm enjoying the ride so let me attune myself to that frequency you know what there's so much echo in this podcast there's so much resonance when i think about talking about uh magazines and seeing ourselves in magazines and seeing mm -hmm. someone that looks like us smiling and happy and striving <laughs> and and wearing beautiful clothes and being in a beautiful setting when we see that that's what's happening we have that picture in our mind and then also it, it really ties in with another one facet of what you do which is creating affirmation cards with images on them and and how those images they provoke the manifestation process that are a catalyst of a kind, you know, whether you read yes. tarot cards or oracle cards or you're drawing an affirmation card, which usually has some kind of artwork with it. Yes. So I'm like, ding, ding, ding. All, <laughs> all, of this, all of this is really like circling around the same idea over and over again. It really is. It really is. And it's so... 
it's it, it is magic you know i i like you call it magic as well you know and really see our lives as the clay in our hands you know now of course some things are easier for us to manifest than others because some things we don't have a block to you know a block against you know um and other things that we grew up for 20 30 50 20 30 40 50 60 years however long you've been on the planet we grew up with you know challenges to blocks you know issues and so then those things you would have more challenges to you know get in vibrational alignment with but it really is a, a dance of fine-tuning yes yeah well let's talk about um that's a whole other deeper subject that that's something I talk a lot about with shadow work and um Yes. You meet your upper limits and all of that stuff. Yes. But I really want to tell people because we have a, a huge group of card collectors here listening right now. Yay. Um, I wanted, how many decks do you have? So I have three decks. And just a side note, I am a big fan of talking about upper limits. That was one of the workshops I did in London as well. So oh, yeah. very good work. Very powerful work. But I have three decks. So my first deck, um, well, let me just take it a step back. My last book was named The Sacred Bombshell Handbook of Self-Love. And when I wrote that book, I knew that I wanted to do a card deck to go with that book. However, with everything that I do, I take it as a direct download, as a spiritual download. And so, you know, the first download that I got for the cards were the African goddess affirmation cards. And then I was like, okay, um, you know, the, the next deck will be the sacred bombshell cards. And no, <laughs> the next deck that came to me as a download were the manifesting cards, which are fertility goddesses from all different cultures around the world. And that deck was born when I was diagnosed it last year, about a year and a half ago, well, two years almost now, with fibroids. And it meant certain things about my fertility. And for me, a big part of that healing was doing this work of downloading and creating and birthing these cards, the manifesting fertility goddess affirmation cards. And the I, I had before way before I had commercial decks of cards for sale, like I had for years and years created cards, you know, by hand that I would give people or created cards out of business, business card decks that I would give away to people. And I had done that for years. And so just recently in the past six months, I got the spiritual nudge that it was time for the sacred bombshell self-love journaling cards. And so this self-love deck is a deck of 40 cards that is a self-love journaling practice um, that is created on the chakra system. The manifesting cards are in the chakra system as well. And those are literally launching, um, well, at the time, well, I don't know when this is going to be released, but when you listen to this, they'll be out because <laughs> they're <laughs> launching, they're launching tomorrow at the time of this release. Oh, yeah. and it'll they were, be out, it'll be out. And they were supposed to launch a few weeks ago. I was in the Bahamas and in Key West, I was speaking in the Bahamas and literally it was, I came back and two days later it was the hurric the hurricanes happened and that's when they were supposed to be launching originally and I just felt like at the time like we were just going through so much environmentally that I just didn't feel that it was the right time. So I put them on hold for a couple of weeks and now I'm bringing them into the world tomorrow. Yay. I think that's an important part of being a powerful manifester too is, is being a good listener to what's, yes. what's happening like staying open instead of projecting projecting i'm praying for this i want this i'm affirming yes also listening and 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 being present to what is and going with the flow of that and being like hmm, okay so this is happening this is probably an inappropriate time and and the energy is not right and then yes instead of being like i have to launch on this day because i said i would launch on this day <laughs> right right and that's the difference again between being a spiritpreneur you know, or, you know, um, soulpreneur, some people are, you know, can use that term as well. Um, and someone who is, you know, just in it to win it, I guess, or in, it, in the business, you know. And so, you know, it's about being in harmony with our world. And so 
I'm really excited about this new card deck. I There's also going to be a journal. I worked with this amazing artist, woman artist, who's based in the Philippines. And she's right now completing the journal that's going to go along with the cards. So you can you can also buy the journal and go through the practice. Or you could just do it in your own notebook as well. And so I'm excited about well, let's that. Tell us the name of the journal. So the journal, it will be the Sacred Bombshell Self-Love Journal. Journal, right. Okay, yes. so there's, yes. there's going to be three products around this. The original yes. book, the card, yes. the journal. Okay, and these are yes. journal prompts. They're journal prompts, and the the original name of the card. And, and here's another thing. Also, if you have, if you're a spiritual business owner, it's important to be responsive to your tribe. And so I went to my tribe with the name, and I said, "Which do you feel more at home with, the sacred bombshell self love journal cards or journaling cards?" And they preferred journaling cards. They said it felt more active, and so they are the journaling cards. And yes, they are journaling prompts. Which, you know, journaling for me, journaling has saved my life on so many different levels and ways. I think that it's a really important part of, you know, my evolutionary practice. And so I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah. That's a great way to witness your own shadow and your own upper yes. upper limits like we were talking about, which you're working with spiritpreneurs and a lot of people that consider themselves spiritual they have a lot of healing and a lot of upper limits around money. And, yes. And so um, we're coming to the end here, but you have something really special coming out around that. And I feel yes. like it's important to mention this because this is something that our community still struggles with so much, which is money. <laughs> which and is money. Oh, my goodness. Sorry. Go ahead. I, I stepped no, on no, your words no, there. No, no, no. It's okay. I was just <laughs> feeling worthy, feeling like it's okay to – to make money with a spiritual business and I really think it all comes down to worthy feelings of worthiness but uh, and though we have a lot of stories around that but what's what's your take on it and and what is your intention here with this you have something new coming yes. out to help people with that yes and and just you know we teach what we most need to learn. And so when I first heard the spiritual whisper of like, talk about money, I was like, who? Like, no, like, this is the wrong, this is coming to the wrong house. Like, you know, like, like, are you talking to me? Um, because I, like many of you, I grew up indoctrinated with the ideas that it is not spiritual to make money or it's not feminine to make money, right? Or it's not creative and artistic to make money. Yes. And, you know, as a writer, you know, writing was my first art. You know, I call, I grew up in a, a tribe of friends and, and creative people, actors and, you know, creative folks in New York that, had a self-righteousness about being broke and being poor and you know like like that all rich people are assholes and we don't yes. want to be those assholes you know and there was like a reverse snobbery that we had about you know being broke artists and being broke spiritual people and I want to offer to you a different thought that comes actually from Marianne Williamson she said something to the effect of not only is it okay for us to make money, but if you are a conscious human being, you have a duty to be abundant, a sacred duty, because we see what's happening in the world and you being, you know, prosperous and abundant and happy and healthy and able to make change and make shift happen, you know, with your abundance can only come if you are tapped in and tuned into the fact that you deserve to be as abundant as possible. And so one of the things that the, the beautiful gift that I have for you as a tribe, because I am launching the rich goddess spiritpreneur accelerator program because I know that that word rich is very triggering for a lot of people including me and so my work is to delve right into where you know we would fear to tread the rich goddess spiritpreneur accelerator program and I would love to get you started if you are looking to start grow or save your spiritual mission or business then I have a free course for you called the spiritual business success camp and you can access that at unblockmybusiness.com 
unblockmybusiness.com. And the cards that I mentioned, actually, you can find the African Goddess Affirmation cards at africangoddessaffirmationcards.com and the Womanifesting cards at womanifesting.cards. And as, as Goddess Joanna said, you can find everything, the whole shebango, the new cards, etc., all at womanifesting.com. But I really want people to take advantage of that free course because, like I said, um, to me, like being able to create your own mission and business around your magic, that is the movement that gives you freedom in your life to then be able to 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 feel that you're answering to answer your calling, basically to do the work that you were born to do. So yeah. I look forward to to meeting everyone in the free course, which is updated all the time. Nice. I want to add to um, I'm a Twitter user and you often post your videos. On yes. Twitter. I recommend <laughs> people follow you on Twitter or YouTube because you show up a lot on video. Yes. And it's, and you, yes. I mean, you just have it's like your name, how we started this thing. You just have such a great energy and it's so uplifting. And I feel like that's a great way to stay in the flow of what you're trying to manifest is to to yes. stay connected to other really powerful manifestors and people who are in the flow. And you definitely have that going on. So um, how do they you're just Abiola Abrams in both places. I'm at Abiola TV, where the TV stands for transformation and victory. So I'm on YouTube, I'm on iTunes, I'm on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Oh, and I have a face a free Facebook sister circle. They can join me there if they have any questions and we can hang out there and chat. And you should come in there and hang out too, Goddess Joanna. It's at I if you go to imanifestmagic.com imanifestmagic.com that'll take you to my free Facebook sister circle if you forget any of the zillion links we just wow, gave you <laughs> so much going on it's exciting it's a lot to delve into um, okay and I always I have to end with this question even though we've talked a lot about it already what is it doesn't have to be the end all be all but just the first thing that pops into your mind what is one tip for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams ah one tip for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams is to take inspired action. So many incredible human beings in our community, you know, watch The Secret or learn about manifesting. And then they say, hey, Abiola, I put everything on my vision board. Then I stuck it on the wall and then I sat on my sofa and nothing happened. And it's because the secret sauce that's missing is you and so you know you have to take action you have to take steps toward what it is that you want and so even though like for example going back to the the airplane example even though I was like already you know like okay I'm putting myself in the place of where I'm going to be sitting comfortably I then was still, I got up, I spoke to the flight attendant, you know, that didn't work. I s spoke to the guy in front of me about his sister, that didn't work. I, but then I picked up my bag and I was ready. You have to be ready to take inspired action. And so if you are just, you know, like you're, for example, wanting a better, you're wanting to create a relationship and you've got it all in your vision board and you're chanting the affirmations and everything like that, then you want to make sure to leave your house. <laughs> you want to leave your house because the way that the universe speaks to us is in the nudges and whispers that say, hey, go to yoga class right now. Hey, call such and such right now. And when you follow those little nudges, which I call inspired action, that is leading you to where you need to be. I love it. I call that meeting the universe halfway. But it, I love it. Yeah. Frame that. Thank you so much. This was an amazing chat. It was. This was awesome. It was so good. You're so full of it in the best way. So full of Yay. inspiration and wisdom and magic. I loved this. Thank you, Abiola. Thank you, Goddess Joanna. I love this conversation. It was amazing. And it's just the first of many, I'm sure. Yay. Much love, everybody. Peace.